So as a little history, I'd like to tell you sort of what happened to the action figure in uh, 1988. I got sober. I come from recovery. And uh, when I came into AA, they started describing to me what they thought the problem was. I thought you were the problem. The police were the problem and the judges were the problem, but they were they corrected me. They said, No, you're not someone who has a problem, you are the problem. Yeah? Now, if if I truly am the problem, then it made sense to keep getting loaded, yeah. And there's a statement in, in the program of AA and one of the forwards where it says we're a hundred men and women who have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. A lot of people share that statement, but they forget the word seemingly. They say a hopeless state of mind and body. To me, I believed it was a hopeless state of mind and body, and so getting loaded was logical. You know, nothing was going to get better, so I was in it like a, like a perennial fuck it, basically. And then, when she, to me, that's like the, uh, the anti-surrender, is fuck it, yeah? When you surrender an alcohol, is to alcoholism, it's fuck it, you know? Then anything can happen. But what occurred is I came in and uh, they started informing me what was the, the root of the problem. And they said, you know, you are the problem. And then when, after a while, after I entertained this idea, I, could, I saw the beauty of that. Because in a way, you can seem to be the problem, and the word seemingly means it appears to be true or false to you. Yeah, that's the level that the, the problem can arise to a seeming a seeming level. Yeah, it will seem to be true to you. It's not true, but it seems to be true to you. And therefore, if the root of the problem, in my sense of it, was after years in in AA, was it's an identification as a self, and it isn't like a verb about a noun called self. That's the whole verb identification as a self. I give it a term selfing. Yeah. It's a mental process, and the activity of mental process is, I, deem it, I call it selfing. Because it never, never uh, uh, arises to a real self. It just causes, there's this thought system that's inferring, while you're listening to it all day, it's inferring, it's implying, it's assuming, it's pointing to a someone. Yeah? Just like when you're looking at the thinking there's a feeling that you're the, do, you're the doer of the thinking, yeah? You believe you're the thinker, and then at another moment, you believe you're the object of the thoughts, yeah? So the mind puts you in these two positions. So for me, it's an act of being identified as self. So in a sense, then you are the problem, yeah? But in another sense, therefore, you're truly the solution. Because if you see that it's just identification as self, and you're not that, there's the solution. Yeah? It's beautiful, in a way. So, when you, for me, in recovery, I let the problem finally be as real as real could be, because what happens in alcoholism, the last thing you want to acknowledge is you're an alcoholic. I mean, a real one. You may say it you are to get another drink, or to make you an excuse for yourself, but in fact, you're never really going to admit that, because that's what you're scared the shit out of. Yeah? But when you let yourself really be the problem then it reveals that you're not that. That's the beauty of it. While you're trying to deny you're that, you're going to act as if you're that. Yeah? Even in recovery, you'll be acting alcoholically. Yeah? But if you admit to yourself, let it finally land, and when it lands, it reveals its real nature, which is, I'm not that. It's not real. So the selfing, the thought system, can only point to, infer, assume, imply that there's a someone there. The mind makes the leap. Yeah? The mind makes the leap. The thought system isn't producing a self. 
It can only insinuate there's one, and the mind makes a leap into the identification as a self. And it is a sense-felt experience. And in that sense-felt experience, you will even feel like you're the one who has an ego. So some people want to say the ego's the trouble, but in fact, there's a feeling that you have the ego. What is that that has the feeling they're the owner of the ego? That's the bondage of self. The bondage of self is not in the ego. It's There's a feeling you have an ego. And you'll still be bonded to the idea of a self if you lose the ego. Because you'll be feeling you lost the ego. But you never lose the you. Yeah? And then the you is so extreme that it will, it will keep hoping to be able to experience its own absence. Yeah? And a lot of people come to these talks and they're still waiting to get it. They want to be there to have the experience of their own absence. <laughs> You're going to wait a long, long time. <laughs> so, if, this, if the highest level that self can a- arise to is an appearance, yeah, there's your solution. Yeah. If there could be a point where before it takes effect, because usually what happens is it happens so fast... The, the expression of life is that conscious contact, yeah? So consciousness is moving through the five basic gates. You're seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. And there's also another sense, which is the mind's hearing thoughts, yeah? That's what life is, is that. That's the being of life. That's the manifestation of life here, is in that conscious contact. And the conscious contact, after the conscious contact, or right at the point of conscious contact, there is awareness, in recovery, you call it the pause, yeah? There is an awareness at that point. The mental process speeds up so fast, the next point is there's, there's the arising of that there's someone who is conscious, yeah? So the mental process produces the someone after the conscious contact and after the awareness, and yet when it produces it, it feels like it was before the consciousness and before the awareness. So now you become who's aware and you become who's conscious and that's what causes you the possibility of seemingly be un- being unconscious. Yeah. As soon as the consciousness and the awareness is claimed, then you have an experience that you're unaware and you're unconscious. That's how it distorts it. Yet all there is is consciousness in a sense and awareness of that consciousness. Yeah. So in that pause, that's your original face. There's no face in it. There's no thing in it. We're actually of no thingness. We're not an entity. We're not a form. We don't have a quantity. We can't be measured in length or weight. We're the seeing here. But what occurs is the mental process, every, its main movement, the main movement of selfing is to claim. That's what it does. It claims. So there's conscious contact. It claims to be the one who's in conscious contact. Yeah? So now it becomes private conscious contact. And now when seeing is occurring, like Lord Buddha said, when you see, see, you know, when you're here, here, when you feel, feel, when you taste, taste, when you touch, touch, that's the pulse of living. Yeah? Seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, being aware of that conscious contact. Yeah? When you see, see, when you feel, feel, when you taste, taste, when you touch, touch, when you smell, smell. The mental process claims that and now makes the emphasis go on the seer and the seeing. Yeah. The seer and the seeing. 
In the event of seeing, there is a seer in the seeing, but the main aspect is the seeing. In the mental interpretation, the main emphasis is on the seer and seeing, and the seeing is forgotten. Yeah? The hearing is forgotten. The feeling is forgotten. The tasting is forgotten. And the emphasis goes on the one who tasted and what it tasted. Yeah. It's called an interpretation. How is it feeling? Deliberate. Yeah. How does it feel to live an interpretation? It, feel, it produces a lot of vacuums. Yeah. And then seeking gets generated. What? To get relief from that feeling of irritability, restlessness, and discontent. Yeah? Yet the seeking is coming from the same source of the problem. How is that going to solve anything? Yeah? The problem is systemic. The mind is resting or relying on a failed system of thought and interpretation called self-centeredness. Self-centeredness is never going to be satisfied. It's an addiction. It's, to me, it's the original addiction. The addiction of mind to the idea of being a separate, long-lasting, independent, separate entity which it can never be, so it's never going to be fulfilled in this desire. And have you ever had a desire that was unfulfilled? It probably caused a lot of reactions of eating a lot of ice cream, watching terrible movies, making a lot of phone calls to other people to get them to agree how they did you bad or something. On and on and on. It's like a Petri dish that produces tons of effects. Like in recovery, we talk about fear. Fear is the main activator of defects of character. Yeah? And if you take it a little farther, then defects of character would activate what? Behaviors. Yeah. And then behaviors would activate what? Consequences. Then consequences would activate what? Uh, a reaction. Back out, and a reaction out of fear. And then you're in this loop. Yeah. The fear is activating this, and then that activates that. And we're in this loop. If you're in that loop for a while, you'll do almost anything to get relief in it. Yeah. You're not going to get relief out of it or from it, but you want to get relief in it. The loop is still going to be happening, but at least you'll be unconscious. Yeah, At least the rush may have taken you out of it for a minute or two. But what would happen if there's a prior dish to the fear as the activator of the, of the character's effects? How about self-reliance is activating the fear? Yeah, And why is self-reliance? Reliance on self is having faith in the thought system. Yeah, The thought system, which is its value is on yesterday and tomorrow. The value of the thought system is not now. And the value of the thought system is constantly happening now, but it is being put on past and future. Yeah? And also, the system of thought sees you as a body. Yeah? When it refers to you, it's as a body. When you think about you in the past, how are you pictured? As a body. That's the only way you can remember yourself, yeah? You can't remember yourself as space. Why would you need to? There's space right now. Yeah? But the sense of self has to be produced because it isn't self-producing. It's not here. So how, if something's not here, let's say last week, how can it seem to be here by remembering? Yeah? That's the only way you could conjure it up. Last Saturday cannot be conjured up here. You can't fit this last Saturday into Thursday night or Friday night. This is not a room, not enough room for it. But last Saturday, last Saturday can have a very big effect here in me right now, who's located in Thursday, by my thoughts about it. Yeah. My thoughts. If I'm remembering last week, the thoughts and the contraction and the experience of that isn't last week. It's now. Yeah. 
So here, I'm remembering myself as a body, and my, because it's about me, this is the main driving force, it's enough to suck the interest and attention that's here right now into there. Yeah? And the same thing. If you're worrying about someone else, you usually don't have the propulsion to stay worrying about them for long. But it's you, it's been 45, 50 years. Yeah. <laughs> it's the love of you, or as the love of a you, not you, but a you. Yeah. An idea of mine, that love, that cherishing is what is the propulsion for your interest and attention to go into what's not happening, basically. And it goes into the future. And that's, it's still a, a sense of remembering. You're remembering yourself in the future. By thinking about three weeks from now, picturing you as a body, you're remembering yourself right now. Yeah? You're not remembering three weeks later. You're remembering it now. So the sense of self isn't something that's actually so right now. It has to be remembered to be so. So if you do something you love, like music, and for me it's surfing and stuff like that, when you're really engaged with something you love, your mind's not remembering self, is it? Then you're totally engaged, like in the water, you're feeling everything, you're in what they call the zone, and you're this and that. That is all your experience is, is the absence of self. And how is that absence of self occurring? There's not been a remembrance of it. In some, some scriptures, like St. Francis would say, it's in forgetting self that you're reborn or something like that. And in a great Zen master from Japan, Dogen, said, you know, to study Buddhism is to study the self, and to study the self is to forget the self. Yeah. To forget it. Because what happens if you study the self, for me, the self thing, you're going to get a hit. It may not possibly be you. Yeah. And if it's not you, you'll lose interest in it. Your attention and interest won't go back to those old ideas of where you once were and what's going to happen to you when you're there because you won't be interested in what's going to happen to that you because it ain't you. Yeah. Just like if someone came over to my house now, if you want to share and you have any agreement, if you disagree or agree, just do it silently, you know. And then at the end we'll have questions. So here, let's say if someone came over to my house and started talking about what was bothering them, which wasn't happening. How long would you put up with it, you know? You'd get bored, unless you wanted to sleep with them. Maybe you'd listen to them for a few hours. But if you had no agenda according them, you'd be like fucking bored in five minutes, you know? I'd rather do my laundry or take a walk. But because you'll be doing, your head's doing the same thing, the same thoughts that are happening there that you're seeing as theirs, if they're seen as yours, they're a totally different effect, aren't they? When they're about you, they mean a whole lot more than when they're about them. Yeah. This is the bonding. That's the bonding. That's the glue. The thought system isn't screwing with you. The thought system is allowed to screw with you. Is the vehicle for the screwing with the my in front of it. When it's your thoughts, then they have the power to affect you. A thought is just a freaking thought, but when it's my thought, it's a different beast. Yeah? You can see it easy. We used to always use this thing. Put money up here. Put health up here. Put let's say, relationships up here. Everyone, based on their conditions, would have a little meaning to it, right? It's a topic. Some people discuss it a lot, some don't. But now just add one word in front of those words, my money. It's hugely different, isn't it? Weigh it. If you had a scale right now, 
put money on it and then put my money on it. Yeah? <laughs> or sex, my sex, unbelievable. You know, you've written novels about that. You know, sex. And my health, like this. Yeah? Maybe a huge topic of preoccupation, my health. Health, eh, all right. Yeah. The difference, this is what's happening every day, all day. There isn't a bondage to a self. It's not like being handcuffed to a chair. See, this would be to a chair, which is a noun. There is no noun of self. So it says bondage of self. It's quite different. Bondage to self, there would be me, and I would be bonded to this, and maybe they could find a spiritual locksmith who could break that lock. You know what I mean? Or some kind of practice or pattern or stuff. But this isn't the kind of bondage we're under. We're under the bondage of self, which is an activity. Yeah? It's like a broadcast all day that we're just habitually falling under. It's inference. It's implying. Just like people haven't seen me in a while, and they go, Paul, you're growing your hair. And I said, I'm not growing my hair. I'm just not cutting my hair. I have absolutely nothing to do with it. It's not like I'm taking a few hours a week, which is my growing hair period, and I go in, and it's right before my digestive period, where I digest everything I ate the day before, and then I have my four hours of pumping my blood and beating my heart, you know? I'm not involved with this at all, yeah? It's just happening, but our language always makes the implication somehow I'm doing something I have absolutely nothing to do with, like I'm growing my hair. You know what I mean? Like it's a talent I have. Oh yes, it's very nice. Look at how beautiful it is. I have a great talent growing my hair. You know? <laughs> Someone who's bald lost that talent. You know? They don't have the talent. <laughs> they feel a little deprived. They don't. You know, they have to find something else to fill their time with. You know, like digesting their food. You know, it's funny. But then there's a subtle process of the body and brain, which is the thinking, and you believe you're the thinker of it. That's a huge leap. Yeah? I mean, we don't even take care of the crude stuff. Some subtle process, we're the one who's doing the thinking. And as soon as you're the thinker, the bondage isn't by the thoughts. They have, they, they, they convey the bondage through the mind. Yeah? The thoughts are like a, a, a tool in a sense that are used, but how they're used is by the mind. And the Maya is on the thinker. The thinker is the bonding point, yeah? So when, why not start at the, that point to entertain? Maybe I'm not that. You know, like, I've had an incredible amount of experience in it with uh, recovery, because when you come into recovery, most people are in a very thick casing of terminal uniqueness. They believe no one has done what they've done, no one has felt what they've felt, no one thinks like they think. And in that little incubation... That's, you, there's no way you can receive help because you can't. You don't believe you can be understood. Yeah. You walk into meetings and people are there sharing their experiences, you know, their feelings, their thoughts, their reactions to life. And after a while listening, you can only come to two conclusions: How did they get my thoughts? <laughs> or they're not my thoughts. Yeah. What an incredible door opens when you entertain they're not my thoughts. Even if they're, they're coined as alcoholic thoughts, it's a, it's a huge leap. Because what immediately happens, you have some space. Yeah? The bondage is occurring. You now have space to see the thoughts instead of seeing from the effects of the thoughts. Yeah? As soon as, as, soon as you're seeing from the effects, then it, what happens is it has a double lock, which is now you may want to get out of the effects of self, but you're going to try to get out of it as a self. 
And so all they're trying to get out of self is just another form of being in self. Because any time you're trying to get out of something you're not inherently in, that would be acting as if you're in it. Yeah? That's the bugaboo with spiritual practices. That's what happens to quite a lot a lot of people. That they can't transcend an imaginary place. Yeah? The transcending of an imaginary place is truly being here. That's the transcendence. Yeah? When you're truly here, you see it as an imaginary place. While you're trying to get out of it is as real as real can be. Yeah. Once you start seeing the logic of mind, it's sort of like yes is no and no is yes. You see, get you know, being in is getting out, being out is getting in. You know, it goes on and on. Like these, this whole idea of have, trying to get into the moment is totally absurd. You can't be out of a moment. If you entertain that you can't be out of a moment, you wouldn't spend one fucking penny to buy a book about how to get into the moment. You wouldn't. You would just realize you couldn't be out of the moment. And then that would be that. A huge topic of debate would be taken away. Yeah? There would just be an obviousness. I've never been out of a moment I've been in. I've never been out of it. I can say I was out of it, but if you look at the surveillance cameras, what I'm calling me was in it. The body was in the room. I was way far away. No, you weren't. You were in fucking Villanova, Pennsylvania. Oh, but I was thinking about Hawaii. But you were here thinking about Hawaii. Yeah? You can't escape the parameters of this place. This is the only moment that's happening. And you are not in it. You are it, in a sense. Yeah? So the whole idea of trying to get in what you can't be out of and then conversely trying to get out of let's say self when you cannot be possibly in a self. The highest level you can get to that point is it can appear to be so but it can never turn into being so. <laughs> They're no one's thoughts. They're just being generated. Yeah, like a, this is an apparatus. It has a lot of processes going on, and one process keeps implying or inferring or assuming or believing that there must be for an action to occur, there must be someone who did it. But if you ever heard Lord Buddha had a beautiful statement where he said, you know, events are happening, deeds are being done. But there's no individual doer thereof. Yeah. Events are happening. This is an event. Deeds are being done. But there's no individual doer thereof. He's not saying there's no doer. There's no doing. He's just saying there's no doer. Yeah. No individual doer. Yeah. He's not saying there's no thoughts. He's just saying there's no thinker. Yeah. He's not saying there's no feelings. There's tons of feelings. But there's no feeler. Yeah. The bondage isn't in the feelings or the thoughts or the doing. It's in the doer, the thinker, and the feeler. Like the great master Ramana Maharshi said, you don't have to give up your possessions. Just give up the possessor. Yeah. That's where the bondage is. The bondage, as the possessor, will use possessions to facilitate the bonding, but the possessions are not the source of the bonding. Yeah? It's the possessor that may use the possessions. Just like the, the idea of being a thinker will use the thoughts to bond you into the past and the future. Yeah? 
but it's not the thoughts. It's the idea of being the thinker. It's the mind itself. Yeah. It uses the thoughts yeah, to produce the seeming bondage. The thoughts aren't producing it. They're, being, they're facilitating the mind to do it. Yeah. The mind that is rooted in the identification as self. And I'm saying those roots are quite shallow. They don't have any rock to really grab. There isn't a self. Therefore, the glue of the selfing has to constantly apply because it's an unnatural bond. And there's so many free samples every day. There's so many big pauses and gaps where it isn't so. Then if you get one of those free samples that it wasn't so then, just let your mind expand to it's never been so. Yeah? The principle is in there. You see the principle, but mostly everyone called compartmentalizes it. If you see, like they used to say, you know, you look at one drop of water and you can see the whole ocean. That's exactly what it's like. If you can see the one act of bonding, you've seen the theme of all the acts of bonding. Yeah? You don't have to go with, you don't have to go over each singular event. You see the principle of it. You recognize it. And the biggest emphasis is on the seeing of that. You're not seeing from it anymore. Because as soon as the seeing is co-opted, it turns into a form of looking. Yeah? You're now looking in a manner called self-centeredly. You're seeing everything as how it pertains to you. And that you isn't what you are. You're the seeing. Yeah. You can, and then what people do is they try to apply the looking to try to find the seeing. <laughs> which is just the blindness to the seeing. The basis of the lookness is based on blindness to seeing. How do you think that's going to find it? How can you find what's right where you're looking from? <laughs> you're not. You just question, who is it that's looking from there? If you're not that, you'll get the hit that that's what you are, is the seeing. And then that's that, really. Yeah. And then it's just about entertaining. No, no vigilance. The mind has that quality, just like if you were in selfing, someone may say hello to you, and you go home and wonder what they meant by it for five hours. That's entertaining. Yeah? The mind is entertaining. What did she mean by saying hello to me? And they, it looks at every point of view it can you know, encompass in self-centeredness. It goes over, what does it mean so you can have some assurity? Well, turn that entertaining to some other task. How about entertaining the okayness that you are now? Yeah. How about entertaining the possibility that most of those thoughts are about what's not happening? What more do you need to do to deal with what's not happening than to see it's not happening? Yeah. What other step do you have to take when you see something is inherently not happening? What other step do you need to take? And how much time does it take to do it? It takes absolutely no time to see something that's not happening. Yeah. You can't go away from this moment. We believe, oh, I went here. You never went anywhere. Two weeks ago is happening now in the noggin. Four weeks ago, uh, hence is happening now in the noggin. It's an imaginary place. And the only reason why the mind loves to go there, you're pictured in it <laughs> as a body. And the mind's cherishing that little idea. Really. In Buddhism, they use that term, cherishing of self. It's very much like that. Yeah, that's why we're listening so intently to this we're hoping it's finally going to say something worthy of something you know 40-50 years we've been listening to the story of us yeah 
we're bored with someone else's story in five minutes, but we've been listening to that swan song forever. <laughs> Why is it? What's causing us to be so interested in that and not interested in that? Love for that. Cherishing of that. Yeah? If you start seeing it's not you, you will lose interest in it. And that's the expression of your love. You will lose interest in it and your attention will leave that. And I'll find out where the attention goes. I can tell you what happened with me, but it's better for you to find out. When you lose interest and attention on all that stuff, the interest and attention is going to be used for other things. And maybe those things and those no things that it's going to be interested in will enrich your life instead of enslaving your life. Just maybe it will happen. I found that it did. What I found is it's stabilized into a way I'd like to state it as traveling lighter. Yeah? It didn't change the geography of my life. I was going to get fired if I was fired. I'd get sick if I got sick. You know, My girlfriend would leave and go with someone else if that was supposed to happen. But through all that geography of a life, it was, I traveled lighter over it for a very long, consistent amount of time. What more do you want? Yeah. You may give it a term of enlightenment and awakening, but if you felt an ease and comfort in your skin right now and you felt content and satisfied, I bet you'd have no drive for enlightenment or any of that shit. Because it's really what you're looking for. That sense of contentment that comes with a mind that can rest where it is because it's not enslaved to yesterday and tomorrow. Its faith doesn't lie in the thought system anymore. Its faith is is relying on a living quality of mind which produces an ease and comfort now. The same faith that's enslaving you to the thought system and causing you to have so much anxiety about what's actually not happening will be that same faith put in a different vehicle will produce an ease and comfort in your day. Exact same faith. And every one of us in this room has tons of faith. It's just what vehicle you put it in. Many people have the faith in a failed system of thought and interpretation. And that failed system is turning the faith into anxiety. You know how much belief and devotion you have to have that? To believe about so strongly that something is going to happen that's not happening, that it produces a contraction in you now, in the physical sense and in your emotional sense? That's a damn fucking powerful mind. It's producing something out of nothing. Something that has no ability to affect is now affecting you. Not by it, but by the use of the mind. Yeah, Just like the thought system. The thought system is being used by mind. Thoughts about the future are being used by mind. The juice isn't in the thought. The juice is in the identification as the thinker. Yeah? The identification as the feeler, the identification as the action figure, that's what scares the living bejesus out of you in the future. It's what's going to happen to me, and this me is this. We're not trying to say anything about worrying or not worrying. We're just saying, questioning the emphasis of it all. What's giving it all the emphasis? It isn't the worrying, it's the you. Let's say there's worrying, and then there's the you arises, claims the worrying, and then you have the you has an opinion, it shouldn't be worrying. I've been meditating for 20 years, I should be past worrying. And it just sets off a huge obsessiveness about I was worrying last week. Do I have to, you know, I've got to get another notary for my spiritual resume, I worried. I've got to go to notary public, yes, am I truly a spiritual person? It's 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 just like a Petri dish. 
that grows hundreds of forms of fear and anxiety and stuff like that. But what's the petri dish? Reliance on self. What's the farthest point of reliance? Identification as a self. You can't more, more, you cannot be more relied on an idea of self than be identified as it. And then when it's expressing, like in recovery, they talk about a beautiful statement. It says, being convinced, that means to believe with certainty, that self, this small s, manifested in various ways, is what has defeated us. Yeah? It's a beautiful statement. It's saying, before you keep moving into this program, you better stop right here and see where you stand. Because convinced is a very, very powerful term. It says, you have to be, have a, a belief with certainty. You know? It's a very, very ex- extreme conviction. It's that, that self, manifested in various ways, is what has defeated us. So he's telling us that we're, the us and self aren't the same. Yeah? Self is like a foreign installment then it manifests in various ways, and then it defeats us. But how does it defeat us? It has to, we have to be identified as it. And when self expresses through this possibility, this little yappa says, I'm, they're my fears, they're my resentments, they're my acting out. You claim it. You claim the fear, now it's yours, and man, Jesus Christ, it's so much different to see a fear than my fear. Yeah? How, you, how could you... If that isn't the act of identification as the constant bonding agent, I can't see what is. Every time this system of thought is expressing itself through this possibility, what you believe you are is claiming to be, to be those expressions to be their own. Yeah? And even when you're convinced... Um, intellectual way that you were powerless over alcohol and drugs, and so when you got loaded, you were apt to do anything, you're still mining tons of guilt and shame about those behaviors that you actually had nothing to do with. But because the primary addiction isn't after using drugs, it's prior to it. So the prior addiction to the doer will override all the evidence that you were powerless. And it was sort of like if you were dancing with a gorilla, you're going to stop when the gorilla wants to stop even that you may know that intellectually, but the prior addiction will keep you piling on and believing guilt and shame about those behaviors that occurred when you were under the influence. Yeah? Because the prior addiction has the juice. That's what's spawning all the other addictions. And that's what's spawning all the problems to get relief from all the other addictions. But there's very little, there's no program to get relief from the original addiction. Yeah? And if you started to get relief from the addiction, that would become a problem. Because it would be self trying to get out of self. Yeah? The point of release and relief is I'm not that. And for me, it started with just a humble entertaining, the possibility. I heard it from outside myself. I went to a meeting like this. A lady said it. And it hit me. And it changed everything. It became an unspoken yes. And I started to entertain that, and possible possibilities started to arise into my consciousness that weren't arising before, and everything started to happen, and I, after a period of time, I realized I was traveling a lot lighter than I'd ever traveled. And it's been going on for 14, 15, 14, 15 years now. I mean, what more proof do you need, if you need any proof? Yeah. 
So it was a matter of grace that it happened. Well, there's always the matter of grace, but from whence the grace comes from, I would say it comes from mine too. Yeah. There's a set. There's a feeling of being centered, not self-centered. Centered. Yeah. It's still centered. It still has that quality of centered, of resting, or having seemingly on a point. But this point is everywhere. So it's centered, but not self-centered. Yeah. And it opens up to other modalities of mind, which there are many. And there's other modalities of mind that have many, many other possibilities. And they start downloading, and what you could never have conceived of becomes something you can entertain. With no thought or effort on your part. Yeah. You wouldn't have been able to come up with it anyway. You had no idea to even imagine it could be like that. It downloads, hey, it can be like this. <laughs> and then you entertain it, and what happens is, it's being like this. Yeah? Just like last night, I was at my friend's rehearsal, and I loved the creative thing going on, and my mind entertained something. It just created, it insinuated something in my mind. My mind entertained it, and I now know, in time, I'll see that wave break. You know, I got it. I got something. It's not tangible. It didn't come in any pictures, but I got something in this event last night, witnessing the all the musicians playing together, and I know it will appear as a wave, and I'll have the joy to recognize from whence it came. Yeah. It's just starting like a little swell, and it's going to build up, and it has to manifest, because mind is driving here to manifest. Yeah. And this is the possibility for what can't be seen to have an effect. It moves through us. Yeah? Just like addiction moved through this possibility, other modalities of mind can move through this possibility. Was I an addict? Truly not. Am I a teacher or something? No. Neither. I'm just a possibility. With whatever's taking me over, that's what's going to express the dominant flavor. Yeah? That's the mental that's the mental activity claiming this invitation. And you know what? You'll be accountable for stealing the car. Well I realize that that's why I'm not sure. Well just don't steal the car then. <laughs> it's the easier way. Yeah? It's the hypothetical things. Like someone said to me this at a meeting. I was down in California. They said, are you afraid of sharks? And I said, not now. Because yeah. I wasn't in the water. Yeah. So, who, what am I going to do? If I stole a car, who knows what would happen. But I'm not stealing a car tonight. Yeah? Just like I'm not in the water. And I know, that I know the qualities of a shark, and I don't think there's one that's grown that can get on land yet. So it's not going to initiate any fear. Now the guy said, well, what about if you're in the water? I said, well, I don't know. I have to find out when I'm in the water. Yeah. It's not like anything. This, my experience with this is it's a very economical paring down. It's sort of like this. There seems to be a problem, doesn't there? Something's aggravating. Something's irritated. Something's restless. Something's discontent. It seems to be absorbed in this idea of you and just yapping away about yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Yeah? And it tends to seem to get in the way of life. Quite a lot. Yes? Yes. That's sort of what's going on. Where was I? Uh, stay there. Hmm? What was I? No, that we all have things that 
Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I wasn't it. I lost the track there. <laughs> Must have been too good. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, so there seems to be a problem, exactly. So in that state, then there's a need of a solution, yeah? So because the problem seems real, then there's a need for a solution. Right. Yes? What would happen if, when you entertain this solution, its revelation is that there is no problem? What would happen to the solution then? Yes, you won't even need a solution. That's how economical it is. Yeah? The solution is only temporal in a sense, as when the problem is appearing to be real, then there's a real need for a solution. The solution will will reveal that the problem is imaginary, and there goes the solution. That's how light it is. You're pared down, constantly pared down, constantly pared down. You don't have the wisdom of the ages, you just know what to do next, yeah? If I'm doing a talk, downloads occur. When I'm not doing the talk, I'm not talking all day like this. <laughs> I'd have absolutely no friends. You know, I don't have many now, but I'd have no friends for sure. Yeah? It's just when the seat assignment and the appropriate situation is, then it happens. Yes, that's how beautiful it is. And it's like not one extra drop. And I don't have any experience of this. I can't make a memory. When I go home and people, they don't even ask me anymore, how was your trip? Because it's over, basically. That's what I say. I can't capture this. It's so, it's, this can't be captured. It can't be remembered. Yeah? It's not even a high, in a sense, because it's like this all day. So it just happens in this variation, and then it's happening in another variation. Some more quiet, some more animated. But the place of rest is constantly available and open. Yeah? And you have enough interest and attention to deal with the, the, the situations of a day. You may not have it for all the what's not happening, but you have plenty to deal with this, and it's plenty to rest in what's so. Yeah? And it's just like that. If, you're, if your faith is in a failed system, that faith is never going to find rest. If it's, it's like, how, is, how are you going to find rest laying on agitation? And selfing is just pure agitation. Selfing is an activity. It's a desire that can never be fulfilled. It's the desire to become. Like in Buddhism they say, you know, the root of all trouble is suffering, right? And it's like a malaise or a vague feeling of discontent. And then desire is the cause, supposedly. I would say it's a desire to become. Yeah. So the mind's desire to become a self and then it believes it's something already, and, it's de- and then it's desire to unbecome what it thinks it is, yeah? So it's like a slinky. It's desiring to become, and then unbecome, and become, and unbecome. And it's like, it's keeping, its, it keeps its own momentum going, yeah? This desire. And obviously, if you ever had a desire that was thwarted, then other things have to try to get relief from that, which to me is the addictions to drugs, alcohol, pornography, everything else. They all stem from this addiction. Yeah? And this, is it, this addiction is never not going to be an addiction because it cannot be a self. The, most, the highest form it can reach is it can appear to be a self to you, to the mind. Yeah? But it can never be a self. So its desire is never going to be fulfilled. Yeah? And hence, it's producing that irritability and restlessness constantly and then other addictions are attempting to get relief from that and they don't work and so on and so forth. What would happen if you got the relief right there? 
The relief right there would resonate in every other aspect of your life. When I got relief there, I haven't had a thought or any kind of sense of wanting to get loaded at all my whole life, for 20-something years. It's as if the problem doesn't exist for me. That's what happens. Yeah? And your mind just entertains it. It's a living... It's a li- Awareness is, is, is like electric, you know? Yeah. It just, there's, it's just, it's just electric. Your mind's entertaining that awareness, and it's like a, it's like a, it's a never-ending couple in a sense. There's no couple at all. The true you, the true you, uh, union of yoga, yeah. So there's the entertaining, and there's the awareness of the entertaining. Dun, 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 on and on and on and on and on. And days come and go, and days come and go. But now, instead of you living like a framed picture every day, this was Monday, this was Tuesday, it's more like a mural. A living mural. Yeah? A living mural. So it's like a shift in identity. You don't identify with the self that you thought you were. Well, it's not even a shift of identity. There's just seeing there is no identity. Right. And there's not even a need for a shift. <laughs> I mean, too, that's one too much stuff. There's just a set, we're seeing there is no that, and that's that. Yeah. Well, would you say that's a that what's set up is a pattern of avoidance? Would you say that that's it's used that way. There's a lot of patterns. Of course, your active obsession with the self is a is a denial of what you are. Yeah. Yes, for sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Being actively engaged in selfing is a passive denial of what you are. You're not even taking it to be available. So it's not really an active denial. Because in an active denial, there would be something there. We're just totally out to lunch, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if you see the... There are patterns of selfing. When you see the pattern, they all lead to that, which you're not. Yeah. You try to get rid of selfing, that's another form of selfing. Of selfing, of course. Self can't get out of self. Like in, in a great Zen master, Hawaiian Po, said, you know, you can't use mind to find mind. You can't use the Buddha to find the Buddha. You can't use light to find light. Yeah? That's what's confusing about when... Earlier, I said so. It was a matter of grace, and you said no. Well, yes, but there's also the mind. I say I would say grace is an aspect of mind. Yeah. Yeah. But isn't there self in that? I guess is the. No, there's no one that receives the grace. It's just grace. Okay. Yeah. The logic of mind is like, if there's an action, there must be an actor. Is that there's thoughts, there must be a thinker. If there's feelings, isn't it? There must. Be, that's like the the knee-jerk reaction to the logic of self-centeredness. Who says that? Can't there just be actions? Can't there just be movements? You'll find out a lot. But like in Zen, the high level of mind is I don't know. When you're in I don't know, you're relegated to finding out. It's a really high level of knowledge. You find out. It happens. And there's an intimation. And then you get convinced. And it's like an unspoken yes that reverberates. It's like knowledge prior to knowledge. Yeah? It's much more convincing. And then you're like your own scripture in a way. Every day there's a blank page. 
Yeah, and downloads occur, and your little scripture is written. You don't need to read scriptures. You're a living one. You may like to read scriptures, but there's no need anymore. Yeah. In other words, this isn't a path to illumination, but it illuminates all paths. Yeah? You can't call this a path to illumination. It will not take you there, because you are that illumination. But it will, you, being on any path, is the illuminating quality of the path. It's not the path. It's you. Yeah? You're the light. But if you really sufficiently believe that you're something else, that will be the way you obscure or deny that you're the light. By being saying, I'm this, is a passive denial of what I am. That's why we're taking the route, hey, I'm not that. So there doesn't need to be an active affirmation of what we are, just a recognition of what we're not, and there'll be the living of what you are. And then you'll find out what you are. Instead of trying to know it, yeah, which is to me a form of neutering, that knowing of anything will be, I'm not that, and then that's that. You're not using knowing anymore. And then you find out what you are, because you're not going to see it, you're not going to feel it, you're not going to have an experience of it, but it will influence all your experiences, yeah? It will be, it will be the way you see. Its flavor will be coming out in everything you contact, yeah? It'll intimate its presence. But you'll never see it as a thing. Yeah? But you'll intimate it by all the seeing. So how do you feel emotions then? If there's no... Oh, you feel lots of emotions. They come and go like everything else. There's no one, There's no need to have... There's no someone... There's no... Uh, someone isn't needed to have emotions. Right. This... This apparatus and process is having emotions. It's producing emotions, yeah? And there's, a, and there's consciousness about that. Why does the consciousness have to imply that there's someone who's having them? That's the mental process that's doing that. Consciousness isn't saying there's anyone there. But isn't the emotion like, tied to a thought about something? Like, I, if I feel anxious or I feel happy, it's because I have a thought about something that is it's not, it's not true. I made it up in my head. Yeah, but you're not the thinker of that either. That's right. just a system producing right. thoughts and emotions. That, what we're saying is there's a possibility, like, the geography of your life isn't going to change. There's going to be thoughts and emotions, yeah? But we're saying that there's one, there's an act of mind, of selfing, that adds a lot of weight to it, right. yeah? Mm-hmm. Which causes a sense of heaviness, which demands relief, and you, get, you sense it as an irritability, restlessness, a vague sense of dissatisfaction. And it's attempting to command you to do something. Yes? Yeah. We're questioning... I'm just saying if the my comes off of a problem, seeing a problem is a lot different than my problem. If my comes off to the thoughts, you'll travel a lot lighter with thoughts than my thoughts. If the my comes off a feeling, you'll travel a lot lighter with your emotions than if they're, they're your emotions. Yeah? They're not saying there'll be no emotions and no thoughts and no this. There'll be plenty of them because the process is still going to be producing them. We're just going to take off like one addition <laughs> that is actually the source of a lot of downloading of heaviness through the feelings, through the thoughts, through the actions, yeah? Through them. So the mind is distributing meaning into these vehicles, thoughts, feelings, reactions, circumstances, yes, events, experiences. 
it's putting a lot of meaning in there. And those meanings can either can be somewhat light, but most of them seem to add a lot more weight. Yeah? We're just break, we're just cutting the distribution line, the mind. Yeah? And so therefore, the problem, when it's not yours, will probably be a lot easier to deal with <laughs> than when it's your problem. Because your problem will say, I always have problems. It'll, it'll activate a lot of mind, yeah? So you have a problem. I always, this always happens to me. And on and on and on. Yeah, yeah. Which, what does it do? Provoke more and more heaviness. Yeah? The more and more heaviness you feel, the more seeking is going to be generated, the more need for relief, and then you're going to seek ignorantly, which is going to produce more dissatisfaction, and so on and so forth, and you'll be in a dilemma. You really want to get out of self, but you're trying to get out of self as a self, which is being in self. It's like a double whammy, and it drives you freaking crazy. I have people who come to meetings like this, they call me up, and they take some 20 minutes to finally stop crying. Something bothered them, but they're like, there's no one to be bothered. I should. And I'm done. And finally, oh, I said, all right, far, far out. We got to it, finally. In 20 minutes of this non-dual bullshit going on. I put, I just, you know, give me a fucking break. Just, just a feeling. You know, express it. Let it go, like a kid does. Instead of claiming it. Yeah, as soon as you claim it, then it claims you. As soon as you own something, doesn't it seem to own you? As soon as you own a thought, it owns you. As soon as feelings are owned, it owns you. Problems own, owns you. What about physical pain? If you're, if, if my body is physical pain. Physical pain is physical pain. What? Hmm? But it is the body I'm in, right? Well, you're not feeling anyone else's physical pain. Well, that's right. Yeah. So, are you saying I shouldn't be saying it's my physical pain and my body's physical pain? I wouldn't, I'm not talking about saying, I would just entertain the idea if it's yours. Or isn't it? Yeah? To say it's, it's, who would be saying that it's not my physical pain? It would still be the selfing would be saying that. Yeah? I'm just questioning very quietly, am I that who's having the pain? Yeah? If you're not, some of the suffering around it may diminish. Yeah, and maybe suddenly you'll get a possibility, instead of being right, right about the pain, maybe you'll entertain, hey, I can do something about it. Yeah? Because maybe getting the pain is a familiar identification point, which you just lay down in and then suffer. Maybe a new possibility come in and you'll find some medium that will help you with it, instead of having a big story that I'm always in pain. Who will know? You'll have to find out. But once you shift out of one modality, you're going to be open to the possibilities of another modality. You're shifting out of self-centered, and then you're centered, see what downloads. And then you'll find out what it's like to have physical pain. Yeah. To have a hypothetical, it doesn't work. It's just a conceptual story. The true evidence is in finding out. Entertain some possibilities and see if they work. Yeah. And if they work, keep entertaining it. And then more will be revealed. And then you'll know the problem from the solution. Just like no one here has been to a cafe today where people are, you know, moaning about the effects of gravity, yeah? Like, you know, gravity's been pushing on my shoulder very heavy today, and it looks like it's not like Serica today. Why does it, doesn't it like me? It's got something about me. No one, yeah? Because you don't even know the effects because they're always happening to the physicality. The only way you would know them is to go into an anti-gravity place, and then you would know gra- about gravity by its relief. Yeah? By its absence, you would know it. 
That's exactly what this is like. So here's seemingly the problem. When you have the solution, you're going to get relief from the problem. From the solution, you know the problem. Yeah? When you're under the problem, you know a lot of things, but you really don't know the problem. You're at the effects. You may know the effects of it, but you don't know the problem. But for, when you get relief from the problem, then you know the problem by its absence. That's how you find out. Like my friend said, she had no idea what was finally removed was probably the cause of most of the suffering. Exactly. And you won't know it until it's removed. And we're saying it's already been removed. It can only appear to be so. And you're participating in that appearance. Your own head. It's not happening from an outside malevolent force. Your own head is participating in it. Yeah? When the head shifts, then it sees. Aha! And of course, as when it sees it, aha, it says it's always been like that. It had never been like that because it now knows it only could reach the level of appearance and you were a participant in that appearance. Yeah. Now the mind isn't participating and now the appearance doesn't have the influence it used to have because you're not engaged with the appearance as, any, as much, Yeah. Your interest and attention has left the appearance, and it was your interest and attention through the appearance that was screwing with you, in a sense. Yeah? Keeping you up at three in the morning, going over what you should have done yesterday. Yeah? Well, that's over. It's, it seems like that's the human condition, is to have to go through suffering and drama, the whole I, me, mind thing. Um, just wondering if you... Have you had enough? What, what you would have to say about the human condition, why is it, why does it seem that we have to go through suffering before we can be released of it? I don't know. You know. I don't think, you know, I feel like we're way past all of our quotas for suffering. I mean, I think it's stubbornness now. I do. I think it's the inability or the unwillingness to be convinced now. I, I believe it's uh, uh, wanting to want to be free, but not wanting to be free. That's what I believe it is. Well, maybe, maybe it happens. You know, maybe we're just used to doing it. Oh, of course it's a habit. It's all habit. What is remembering? It's so much. We've remembered us so much. It's triggered all the time now. There's that sense of self. When we're not even thinking about the past or future, there's still a feeling that we're that. Yeah? That's produced by habit. Yeah? That's why when it, you start coming out of it, it still has momentum for a while. Because all that remembering has produced some momentum some ha- through the habit. And that has to chill out. Yeah? And yet, you'll see it slowly, slowly erode because your interest and attention isn't fueling it. And it has no fuel in and of itself. None! We're the source of its juice. Yeah? When you abstain from it, it starts shrinking. Its effects diminish greatly. Not because you prayed to some outside force to have that happen. You've just, it's, your, your attention, interest has been withdrawn because it's not about you. If, it's, if you still, t- if, if I took this to be me, it was going to be an urban renewal project for the rest of my life. There'd always be fault found or something I could do better or something I had to hide because it wasn't perfect. It would be an ongoing obsession with this, because it was me, yeah? Didn't matter if it was good or bad, me. This is why this works. This is an entertaining, I may not be that. When the mind wakes up to it, what's the first thing that gets 
called back to central office is attention and interest. And now the interest and attention gets distributed from another modality of mind. And that distribution in my own life has turned into a great enrichment. Yeah? Where the other one was getting just all my attention and interest was getting sucked into a black hole. Yeah? All about me, ad nauseum. So now, instead of seeing life as happening to me, which is a form of looking, it's called self-centeredness, I'm seeing life as happening. The same life, just a different view. Yeah? Life is happening. It's a whole lot easier to go along with that than life is happening to me. Yeah? This shouldn't be happening. <laughs> All these things arise. As soon as there's a claiming, there's tons of mental minutiae with, with clothed in emotional reactions that arise. It's like a Petri dish that produces tons of manifestation. It's like being under a, 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 a fucking snowstorm constantly. Yeah. This is like clear sky. Everything opens up. And I'll tell you something. Your mind is like sky. It truly is. It's like clear, wide, and open. There can be explosions in the sky, it never rips the sky open. There's clouds moving through the sky, but they don't affect the sky. When it rains, the sky doesn't get wet, you know, the ground gets wet. When the bird takes a shit, it doesn't land on the sky, it lands on your car. (laughs) The mind is like that. It's allowing everything to appear in it, but what's appearing in it is not truly affecting it. That's the absolute immunity. Yeah? There's a master, um, I know, he says that awareness cannot begin until you first have self-respect. I mean, is there some kind of... I don't know about that. Awareness doesn't begin, first of all. There's no, aware- there's no beginning of awareness or end to awareness. It can either be—it's either obvious to you or not. But it, you're not the—you're not the—you're uh, not producing the awareness. The awareness is so. Yeah. And when you finally enter it, seemingly it's as if it's always been so. So it wasn't waiting for any event or any circumstance to allow it to appear. It's already appeared. Yeah. It's just our belief in those requirements and circumstances that cause them to have the power to obscure that from us. Yes, once again, it's us. There's no obscuring agent in this fucking world. We're the obscuring agent. But is that a contradiction? Like, you say, we're the obscuring agent, but then you say, but it's not us. So I'm a little confused. Exactly. <laughs> That's the good news. We're the obscuring agent, and because it's not us, then it has no ability to obscure. When it's us, it has a huge ability to obscure. When it's been given the meaning of us, it can obscure everything. No matter how much sunlight is here, the sense of being a you is like a five-cent shade that will prohibit that sun from coming into the room you think you're in. But what would happen if you're not that person that's in the room and you're on the side of the sun? You'd still see the shade, but could it stop you or obscure you from the light? No, that's exactly what it's like. Everything is just like Zen. They say first there is the mountain, then there is no mountain, then there is the mountain again. First there is the mountain, everything like this. But this at this point, the mountain has the ability to obscure your vision. Then there is no mountain. You see there is no mountain, so now your vision is super clear. And then there's the mountain again, and now you see the, a mountain appearing in your vision. <laughs> Simple as that. 
But the vision is clear, yeah. But there's the seeing of the mountain, yeah. But there is no mountain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's the whole point. And I don't know is then you're relegated to find out, and that's called living. That's not called I know what's living. It's not called but being. It's not called wasing and willing. It's being. So being is finding out. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I like what you said earlier about um, like you you don't you don't really know what the possibilities are. That you have no you know and but it's not really that they're different possibilities. It's just that maybe you look at that shade and when you see them, you're like I, you could have never thought that up on your own. Exactly. You just know what on whatever you can. The mind it sort of becomes obvious how like simple <laughs> it's not really that creative. <laughs> It's really kind of like, why am I listening to this? You know, I know. But when you go from I don't know and you see something, the other, whatever, with the shade, it's uh, yeah, you're like, well. You know, it's weird. Like I was, I thought I was pretty uh, intent on spiritual practices, yet in those spiritual practices, I never came to this possibility. Mm-hmm. You know yeah, what I mean? I came when I started getting exhausted by all the spiritual practices. After sp- blaming me for the failures of the formula, I started questioning the formulas. Yeah, the self-centers will always blame you. You know, you're not a good enough practitioner. But then I realized this, these systems don't work for me. It didn't matter if they work for you or not. And then I was left in that, you know, place where caught like caught with my pants down and then I heard this invitation someone said go speak to this lady maybe and then I heard what exactly what I needed but I wouldn't I had never found it in the system of seeking it was when I was exhausted then it someone just threw it at me and I went and it was like the one it was what I needed to hear at the time and it's become my last answer you know <laughs> well the one you can put it one way that I'm not that all that that's being inferred and implied by listening to the thought system and how I take a feeling to be my feeling and how I take a action as being my action, all those things, I'm not that which they're inferring. Yeah? I don't know what I am, and actually I don't even care. It's like the same, I'm sure you got that invitation when you had over, but you deflected and deflected and deflected until eventually you didn't deflect. And that's, that's right. And then my mind thing. entertained it and then it was, and it got enthralled by it. You can't it. talk to the person who's deflecting it. So oh, no, no. You can send them the invitation, but you can't, you can't tell them that. Oh, no. This <laughs> is like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, this is like a spiritual subpoena being served. My job's over, yeah. I have no jurisdiction after it leaves here because I've had, I did a talk for an hour and a half about sort of like this and I thought it was more you know about addiction and of mind and then the person right there about uh, two feet away from me says well you know question can you speak about addiction and I was like I just thought I was speaking about addiction for an hour and a half and I said how could it get so just you know I mean just two feet of space you know what I mean so it's sort of like it's a hopeless I can't track it it just comes out and then my job's over you know what I mean my job's over. Your mind's going to make it something. I just hope that you stay with it and get exhausted, and so then it's finally left as nothing, because that's the gift that keeps on giving. The nothing is what's really going to do everything. Yeah? Yeah, because how much he says I'm nothing? Hmm? How much he says I'm nothing? Yeah, yeah. Well, yep. What's it like hearing yourself? 
Like if somebody tapes you and you hear yourself. <laughs> oh, I don't like it, actually. <laughs> I don't like it much. But that's not me either. I don't. I don't. I don't listen much. You know. I don't even know what's going on in Zen Mitzvah. They could be selling like you know toiletries by now. I really don't. I don't keep a. I'm not a very. I'm not hands on with the uh, what's happening in my own. What supposedly represents me. <laughs> I don't have much interest in it. I wanted to do one thing, which it's done, which is get this message out. That's what I wanted, especially from being in in recovery. And having an intimate sense of the emotional hell I was in and the mental hell, and now finally having it feel like I've uh, gotten a strong relief from that. And from that relief, I can see what actually the problem was, you know, what how it was formulated and everything. And uh, to share that with people with the hopes that they'll just travel later, you know. So that's my that's my intent. Yeah. I've never heard you mention God, and I know that's a. Uh uh, a very large part of the program. Well, God is, and it's an idea of God. Some people call it the higher power or whatever. <coughs> so, yeah, it's just a way, let's say, at the, at the time of uh, entry into the program, there's such a sh- an assurance of what you are, or what you think you are, you can't actually locate God being there. So you need to have an intermediary, yeah? So you put a little space between you and that. And you feel as if it's like a benevolent power that's getting you maybe parking spaces at meetings or maybe a date, you know, whatever, maybe jobs and stuff like that. And then over time, this is what happened with me. I had my concepts of a higher power, which is they say, you know, turn your willing life over to care of a power, a higher a power greater than yourself, of your own understanding, if you want to call it God. So I had that, and then what was happening was it came to me. Well, my understanding is that it's always available at all times with no requirement necessary. That worked pretty well. But then it shifted into something else, which is uh, I'm turning my will and my life over to the care of a higher power of of its own understanding. Then it got really good. The higher power's own understanding. I don't know, so now I'm relegated to find out, and it downloads in my life, and I find out what that higher power, its understanding of itself, which is much broader and larger than any fucking understanding I could have come up with. That's really exciting. It's really exciting. But you're in that relegated point of I don't know, and then it downloads and you find out. And then, man, it's much different than any conceptual framework. You're doing yourself an injustice with a framework. Frame. You're going to limit it, that's all. You're going to limit it. You'll try to make it a servant to the false master, probably, to the soul, really. This is m- much different. So I like it that way now, that it's a higher power of its own understanding. Yeah, And it wants to express, for sure, just like everything else here is an expression. That power is expressing, and, uh, and it will express through you. It will be like... Like Jesus says, you know, you'll judge, you'll you'll know the tree by the fruits. Yeah, a good tree cannot bring forth bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bring forth good fruit. You'll know the tree by the fruit. So you'll know it by the expression. You'll get an intimation of the tree. Yeah, and to me, the word entertaining is sort of like sitting under that tree. Yeah, you're entertaining. Yeah. So there's no censoring by, by Paul because 
No. Is that absence of fault? So yeah. Is there ever a sense censoring that happens? That a centering? Censoring. Oh, a censoring. Or, or, or a fear that, what, what have I said? Is, is there any that that's completely gone? So when, when you kind of just are in... I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. So it's just there. It's just that information's coming through. Oh, with these talks, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, she's, yeah. We don't have, like, a get ready, get set, go right. room up there where I prepare. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> if I prepared, it wouldn't work. No, I don't mean Oh, censor, like I try to not say something? Yeah, like if something's coming... No, I curse a lot, I think so, too. It's been really bad. I won't get invited places because I curse. But, but even just... Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> what? So there's, no, there's no thought at all on part of... Uh, I'm seeing here. <laughs> so you're just allowing... With the talk. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, too. I mean, you know... Um, well, the generals, it's a little different. Because this is like the seat assignment. And so, in this case, the message is much more important, important than any form of a messenger. Yeah? And uh, it has a desire to come out, or it's motivated to come out. So, when I'm in these positions, it comes out. But, uh, yeah, there's no censoring of it. Because I don't know what's going to happen. I just follow... If I don't get primed by the people, usually it's just seeing the people that primes it. But if not, I'll just go over like a Zen old treatise, and as soon as I read one line, it gets it going. You know what I mean? But let's say if I was at a place that people didn't want to hear this, I probably would have motivated to share. What about day-to-day? Hmm? What about day-to-day? Like day-to-day interaction with people? I don't know. Uh, mostly what I say to Erica is thank you she's been so nice to me that's basically what I say it's appropriate hey thank you you know I don't know that same sense of just well if let's say if I was at customs I'd probably have some censoring going on or like with the police you know I would because conditioning would arise from all the times I got arrested so there would probably be censoring going on there would you know, I've seen that happen in the, when I first started traveling and I take a 17-hour flight, be really tired. My body would go the effects when I was going through customs as if, you know, Interpol was had a bulletin on for my arrest. <laughs> but I hadn't done anything wrong for 20 years, but the sensations, the body, there was the condition was still alive and well in there. But there's no one home to have the fucking condition. See, if you're waiting for everything to get perfect and to have no thoughts and not to have any unruly emotion, you've got it wrong. You're not, it's not that way. This is not you. So when that's realized, it doesn't mean this is going to change dramatically because it's never been you. It's got its own, like, destiny. It's, 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 it's an action figure to every extent of that word. It has sentience, yeah, there's intelligence in it. It's doing its little thing. And it's having, it's producing effects based on conditioning. You know? Some people's conditioning is if it's too humid, they, the body gets soft sweating and everything. It's not you sweating. <laughs> See, if it was you... Then if you really change, you would expect realistically that there would be no more sweating anymore. But it's not about you. (laughs) 
You have nothing to do with the body fluids. <laughs> the shift is totally different. It's a, it's an ease and comfort among, amidst the body fluids and the and the emotional little jags and everything like that. That's what it is. It's not like everything gets nuded and you go. <laughs> Paul moves it here. It's time for you to talk. Read me and come back out. You know I, mean? I don't prefer anything. No, I don't like horror movies. I don't. No, it's none of that. You're more of an individual, not being an individual. Seriously, you're more. There's more tons of feelings happening. I mean, to really be honest. There are so many sensations going on at any given moment. It's so ridiculous to even think you have a body. Because there's millions of different sensations going on in the body. Yeah, There's like thousands of different bodies going on in the body. To feel like it's one body is insane. Yeah, You're like flooded with stimuli. Yeah, All day. Yeah, You're alive. You're aware of the conscious contact, and the conscious contact is having a lot of contact. There's a lot of seeing, there's a lot of feeling, there's a lot of hearing, there's a lot of tasting, and there's levels of seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting. There's tons of it. It's like a giant kaleidoscopic event, but it's not happening to anyone, nor is it being done by anyone. There's just a seeing of that conscious contact. And I would say the most you can say I am is the seeing of that. Yeah. And in that seeing, you'll see what's inferring there is a someone, and you'll see you're not that which all that's inferring. It doesn't mean the process just stops. The selfing will continue to keep pointing, but there won't be the mental leap into the, the mythical what was pointed at, because there's been nothing that's been pointed at. There's just pointing. There is no moon. It's just pointing at the moon. Yeah? If you keep looking at the pointing, you assume, and your mind may sleep, there must be something it's pointing at. There's nothing it's pointing at. Nothing. It's just pointing. Yeah? We make the leap to be, and then we play that which the mind conceives to be, which is being pointed at. That's what it does. And it has all the stories of how lacking you are, how not enough you are, how much you need to do more to be somewhat okay, how much you need to get somewhere and and transcend. All of that is the mental riffing on that that assumption, I am that which is being pointed at. Yeah. It just goes off. And you are living under the residue of that, or the pollution. It's like living behind a freaking giant V8 SUV exhaust pipe. (laughs) It's trying to process life from this point of view that's insane. Yeah? And it can't process even emotions. You don't even know what emotion you're having. You're thinking excitement is nervousness, you know? It's just like, we're so off, we don't even know. We're so obsessed, but we have no idea most of the time. We can't process... We're not managerial quality. We're not. Every day we're pretty much overwhelmed. And the only way it doesn't seem that way is huge amounts of disassociation and distraction. Tons of it. 
I saw people that come in AA. A guy saw me when I came in AA. Twelve years later, he talked to me, and he says, you are the most angriest persons I've ever seen come in AA. And he's a long, old time. He's seen a lot of people come in. And when I came in, I would have sworn I wasn't angry. <laughs> I had not a anger, one bitter anger in me. There was so much anger, I was in a total disassociation from it. You become a storage unit. Yeah. Everything that you, you seem to be, all the space that would have that sense of presence and that clarity and that feeling of openness is now used as storage. And there are just tons of files about you then and there. What was, what is, fuck that, what's going to be. That's why you're feeling claustrophobic. That's why you're feeling sort of dead at times. That's it. You're weighed down by dead weight. It's taking up an incredible alive space. Yeah. I've seen it because those files were removed. Not the files, but the importance on them. And my mind doesn't even go there. I don't give a shit about what happened. I don't give, I don't have no need to be liberated. I'm free from the need to be fucking liberated. Free from all that shit. This is a, this is about being here. This is the liberation. This is the depth of it. This is the deep, and this is the deep of what is right now. This is it. If you're diving around looking, you're missing it. If you're sitting here seeing, you're engulfed by it. And there's a contentment. There's a peace. It's the same possibility, but it can be interpreted incredibly different from wherever the mind is resting. Once it gets calibrated into this rest, it may never really want to leave. It's got tons of attention to deal with whatever shows up and still rest. Where in selfing, it's constantly agitated, looking for rest, and when it arrives there, it can't rest. What happens when you have peace in time? Let's say you feel peace on a Saturday. What does your mind say? Will it be here tomorrow? Is that peace? Can you enjoy the peace? No. The peace is there, but you can't enjoy it. Can you enjoy contentment? Can you have joy in your life? No. The joy is possible, but the ability to enjoy it isn't. Because you're, you're enslaved to time. It's like a big hand of time, like a big clock is pushing you in the back, moving you from each moment to the next moment. Yeah. And every, every mythical there it makes up, when you arrive there, it's a here. And then that, that, that there, that was invalidating every here, will now be invalidated by another there. And so on and so forth. I used to tell this story about, you know, I was in a one-bedroom apartment. I really enjoyed it, you know. I was having a nice time, felt pretty good, happy about how my life was going. And I was reading a magazine, and they had a two-page, beautiful color uh, advertising for a couch. And then I looked around. I liked the couch. It was beautiful. And my mind started entertaining what could possibly happen if I had a couch. I first realized I'm couchless, and that means not really bad. And suddenly now, the room that was making I was feeling good about, I'm seeing it's bothering me because it's couchless. And my mind's thinking, well, if I had a couch, I'd probably need a woman. Maybe I could see my first child in the couch. Now it's got a lot of meaning. So I'm calling my friends who have couches. I said, why didn't you tell me how important it is to have a couch? I'm resenting them, and I'm mad at them. So then I can work towards, I'm going to get this couch, you know, and I'm working hard. 
God, save my money. And I'm calling people about it every day. They're bored stiff about this damn couch. And I said, well, I'm going to have a couch arrival party. And no one shows up. They already know what happens with a couch. You just sit on it. And, you know. and so I got to the place and I have my Japanese broom and I sweep the area and you know, do a little sage action and make it, oh, here it's coming. I can hear them walk up. There's the couch and they bring the couch and they put it in there. I sit and there's this big rush. I got it. I got it. Then I look, I said, i got to get a matching cat rug. <laughs> <laughs> now, now the mythical there, as soon as it becomes here, is it enough? I've got to get it there. Aren't you on one of those little wheels? And the hamster cage, has, it is not a motorized hamster cage. It's your seeking that's driving it. You're not, this is not an imprisonment. You're running. <laughs> You're a participant in the cage. This isn't a victim process. Sometimes in non-duality, it looks too passive in a sense. This is incredibly empowering. Yeah, You're a participant in this life. You and I right now are giving everything all the meaning it has. This is what's going on. Yeah, You and I are giving everything all the meaning it has. Not just on Thursdays and Wednesdays, all the time. Yeah. Now, I'm saying, right now, we're reacting to a meaning that's been being given from a point of view called self-centeredness. And we've been over every freaking inch of it. We've tried every one of its possibilities. We've taken every one of its formulas. Yeah? It doesn't work. You can't change the thing that's out... As, you can't change the expression without looking at the source. We're seeing, am I that? If you're not that... Another aspect of mind will start giving you life meaning through this. Yeah? And you will react to that in kind. And maybe now, instead of an adversarial situation, you'll be dancing with things. Yeah? Who knows? Find out. Yeah? I bet you, I, I have a great confidence you'll be very, very grateful for the upgrade. Yeah? I think there's a disappointment, though, too. I mean, it just feels like this is it. Like, there's some level of dullness. Yeah. And disappointment in that things flow, but there's less meaning. It's kind of like. Yeah. Like uh, a malaise. It's like, uh, yeah. yeah. Because if, it, if you were only seeing from the past, then everything would be the same old, same old. Well, that's what the Course of Miracles says. It's a beautiful line. It says, well, the second lesson was my favorite when I first got introduced, which you and I give everything the meaning it has. Then they have six lessons. The first six that say everything is meaningless. You give everything all the meaning it has. Uh, da 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 da. And then the seventh one explains all of those uh, exp- those expressions. It says you see only the past. And if the past is nothing, then you're seeing nothing. Yeah, right now. That's why it's not looking too good. <laughs> <laughs> after a few years of youth and you hit your 60th, 40th, 30th year, you can start getting disillusioned. Because it's like putting a marathon runner in a closet. <laughs> They're just running around and then you go in the closet and you change the scenery so it looks like it's a new lap, but it's just going around the same old, same old. It wants to free range. It wants to start entertaining, not the length of my pants or what new shoes I'm going to get, but maybe peace, you know, maybe possibilities of clarity, extreme clarity, you know, maybe the real sense of presence, maybe, and I think it starts, gets absorbed in that entertaining, it doesn't get bored there, yeah, yeah. It's not a draft, this is a message, yeah, it's an invitation, honey, that's all it is.
It's like, let's say if I uh, broke down my car and I have an old car. And I was with a friend, and we knew a little about cars, so I said, all right, take off the air filter, and there's a can of gas in the back. You go there. When I tell you, put a little couple of drops of gas in this carburetor, and I'll be, I have the key. There's the gas the pedal, and I start pumping it, and then the car takes, yeah? If he keeps pouring gas in, it will flood, yeah? All it needs is a couple of drops. This is what a message is. I have faith in mind. All you need is to hear the possibility. And then your mind can entertain it. Without the possibility, the entertaining will probably not produce the possibility. But if you drop the possibility in, the entertaining will make it probable in your life. Yeah? If you keep pouring more gas in, it will flood it. This isn't about more. This isn't about going on intensive retreats. It's about hearing a message and then going around and entertaining it. Yeah? And not even an effort. It's got in there already. See how it, how it feels in a couple weeks, yeah? Maybe you need, oh, get a refresher, hear it again. Go in there. But what's going to do it isn't the message, it's the mind. And I have faith in the mind. If I didn't believe you could entertain it now, it would be doing you a disservice to, to invite you or, or uh, share this with you because then your mind would just use it to beat you up with. Yeah. But like, for example, like, I, I don't know how to do this. Like, I have arthritis and my body hurts. Yeah. But if I say my body, I mean, you're saying I'm saying my body hurts, it's not about me, but it feels like it's about Of course it feels like about you. Because the feeling has been claimed, and now it, it, it's used to point to a you. Right, so how do I disclaim that? By just hearing what I said and entertaining it. See what happens. There's not an effort, or there's no efforting or doing involved with it. It's just entertaining. Let the information in and see if it flowers. And don't rush to judgment if it doesn't seem to be flowering. Come to another meeting and get some more water on it, and then give it some time and see if it flowers. Yeah, And then you'll know the tree by its fruits. If after a while, I'm saying, like I said, it may not change. It's not going to change the geography of your life. In the geography of your life, you have arthritis, yeah. Right. But it's going to allow you to travel lighter over that arthritis. That's the. That's it. That to me is the gift. It's not changing anything in a sense about this, though it can. But it's going to change how you travel through everything. Yeah. This isn't promising you're going to get a better job. It's going to. You'll have less. Uh, the freak out about not getting the job would be a lot less, let's say. <laughs> you know, even, you know, I could go somewhere else, but I won't know. It's just a simple invitation. <laughs> You've heard it, you entertain it, yeah? We have a website, sendbitchslap.com. Tons of downloads, tons of content there. You can listen, you know, listen to your heart's content. Entertain the possibility. Maybe you don't like me. You know, There's other people that give a message, so find it somewhere else. But just lot, see what happens with it. If it starts producing some good effects, why wouldn't you want to entertain it? Yeah? You're not going to be called to join anything. Yeah, we're not going to have a, a eight week retreat somewhere where we're going to slowly build into an awakening experience. <laughs> None of that's going to happen. There's no processes being offered. The only thing I do is I sell shirts, which you can see upstairs. Yeah, up here I do. I have some nice shirts we make for it. 
said Tishvat. <laughs> That's all I do, really. <laughs> you know, I've never had a retreat in a sense. We don't have intensives. What's how are you going to have an intensive of, of all there is? <laughs> it's intense enough that it's all there is. <laughs> you know, you don't need to add some mental intensive to it. It's it's intense enough. <laughs> That's <laughs> I just don't see it. You know, I just don't see it. Why not just take it as a message? Yeah, have you you know. It's a message. You, if I'm going to ask you to do a party, do I have to explain why you should go to the party? You know, I just say, hey, come to the party. Bang, hang up. Yeah? It's an invitation. The thing is, the invitation may be in language because the mail slot of understanding somewhat is language, but the message is inside the envelope and there's nothing in there. Or so it looks. Yeah? The envelope gets left in the mind's little floor and then raw mind falls upon it and gets everything. Jesus, yeah? This this message can freeze conditional mind. And when that's frozen, raw mind is obvious. And raw mind is what gets this message, yeah? Because it sees its reflection in it. I'm not that, yeah. yeah. Or mind goes the other way and gets really pissed off and irritated by... It can, yeah. Right. Yeah. But even that again can is going to exhaust you sooner or later. Hopefully, yeah. So it'll just take longer. For me, it's been pretty. It's like there's no vigilance involved. My mind has a quality called entertaining, yeah, and that's what it's doing. But it's not entertaining a thing much anymore. It's entertaining no thing, and that leavens the experience of being a thing. Yeah, I can't have an experience of that, but it. It influences all my experiences as seemingly as this. Where that's where its value lies. Yeah? In everywhere there's no value in everywhere. Yeah? It's where everywhere cannot seem to be so that it's valuable. Yeah? It's here where we can forget it seemingly. That's why it's valuable here. Because it has a huge influence here. A huge influence. It can be an incredible leavening agent where you start sensing your own quality of lightness and let's say clarity and openness yeah and that you're inherently empty of as a thing but that makes you incredibly full as a no thing yeah any more questions yes yeah I, I wanted to say um I love the, the two things that you used, and I noticed from listening to you for several years that you that you you even still are evolving, and, and to me that's that's always the key. And uh, but several things that you have said, which were the first the expression, the quiet yes or uh, unspoken yes, yes. yes is like when you're like you know, and the entertaining. Which changed my way of things because I always heard so much keep an open mind, keep an open mind. I didn't really know what that meant. Yeah. But when you use the word entertaining, I would use the word in my head, play with things. So the entertaining, so the way that I came to find out was through playing with the ideas. Yeah. But but I have to tell you the very first time I listened to you, I was like, oh, what? Yeah. <laughs> you know? know, but there was just enough in that one little message of self that I recognize to keep me listening over and over. Yeah. yeah. You know, and 
know, and, and every talk and going back years, and then, you know, th- and, and then, it, but like I said, I love what you said because I think it's, it's the most important thing that keeps me going is over time. And we don't find this out overnight. We don't find this out in a week. It's over time. Like well, it can be, yeah. Yeah, and, and the uh, the emotion. But you, you said something tonight that, that for the first time put in my head something different was I, I never really quite got the different modality of mind. Yeah. Because I'm always thinking there's one way that mind... No. But when tonight, for some reason, that made a difference of... Because I know that I've had, you know, I can have a different perspective of something... And, and then it changes. But thinking now that there's more than one modality of mind. Yeah. It changes the whole thing. Yeah, good. You know, but it's like it's continuing over time to listen to the message and hear something different that might give me that. Yeah, it's working that. for you. So that, yeah. yeah, so that, that was really big. Thank you. Yeah, that's the whole point of the website and everything. Is mm-hmm. to provide content. So, when yeah. you say mind and you were talking about like mind being the sky, it's really more I like the word mind better because okay, it's very active. Sometimes awareness sounds like I think I, I, mind is pregnant with everything and it's nothing. Yeah, so I like mind for me. Mind for me means thought. Yeah, yeah. But no, I, I'm using mind as the as the ancient Zen people used it in China. That's what I like. It's just rings. It's just what works. That's the raw mind. You're, you're yeah, yeah. That's what works. Yeah. Versus yeah. the conditional. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's why sometimes I need to have a glossary of terms. But if you listen to the talks, you'll know you can pick up where I'm coming that's from. What it, she just said is exactly what I meant. Once yeah. you, you, when you would say mind, I automatically thought thought. Yeah, right. Yes. And now that you've said a different modality, so there's one different aspect of mind, other than just thoughts, or not just it's not the definition. I don't make it easy, do I? No, I know. <laughs> After a while, you get used. Because I have, I, I like to irritate people too. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think that's why it's Zen bitch slap, you know. <laughs> so I don't want the eternal presence dot com, you know. Zen bitch slap, yeah. Just get down with it. Well, you know, I'm usually appreciated years later. I know. Most people always say the same thing you just said to me. I didn't know what the hell you were talking about. They sense something though, which is nice. And then maybe three years later, they email me, hey, I got it. <laughs> oh, now I know what you were saying. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah. But it's just a riff, that's why. It's just a download. My mind's just riffing like a, like a jazz player. Yeah, but in an infinite space, which is never-ending. So one note can just set off tons of other notes and it's just like a crescendo almost like a waterfall and I'm listening just like I hope you are while it's happening because it's not has nothing to do with me or anything it's just downloading and doing its thing then there's other downloads that have nothing they're not about uh, transmitting your expression they're about something else yeah? and I can tell the flavor of those so it sort of like, almost feels like my, something's downloading into this the apparatus and I know for a sense, in a way, there's, indif- there's, there's undifferentiated light, yeah? and then it moves through this and it differentiates. You know? mm-hmm. So, like in the Course of Miracles, they said that there's projection, then there's perception. So, usually when the, ap- the apparatus is only perceiving, it's perceiving things 
through space and they have a solid uh, meaning or they have a quality. Yeah? But in Course in Miracles view, it's a projection of mind. Then the apparatus perceives it. So when you're identified with the apparatus, you're locked in the perception, which is quite faulty because it's not true seeing. But if you're not this, then there is the perception, but there's also the seeing. Yeah. That's what happens. So in a sense, your mind is seeing all the time. Infinitely seeing. Like awareness. That kind of seeing. Not visual, but it's aware. And it's aware all the time. And infinitely in a way. And it's not alighting on anything. So there's no experience gets created. Yeah? There's no relationship to anything. It's almost infinitely seeing because it never alights onto a thing. Yeah? And said in here, we're in a form of looking that are seeing things. And so the seeing is, the, the form of looking is constantly being interrupted by hitting an object. And then usually it's getting bounced back to this object and then the mental process claims to be the one that's seeing. Yeah? Almost as if right here you have like a happy face. And so your whole life is a life of self-importance. Everything refers back to this one thing. What happens is, is if you're not that, yeah? So here's the attention going out, and it runs into a thing, and then it comes back. It will come back through this <coughs> mental idea and go into like infinity in a way. And then it will loop, and then that disease and irritability and restlessness will lift. Because now it's free-ranging. Now it's not in the fucking closet of, of self-importance where it's enslaved to everything is attending to this one thing, yeah? But now it's everything and then no thing, every, you know, everything, no thing. And then it has the beautiful flow of like a yin-yang. So it's everything, no thing, yeah? And it goes on and goes on like this. And it's, it's just this little billboard that's been put up. Me! Me! <laughs> it's all about me! The attention usually hits that and just bounces back. So everything is related to one thing. It's a very small way of looking at it. This is about thing into no-thingness. That's what brings you the refreshingness and the lightness and the feeling of, of relief is because now this, the loop is, is like its appropriate size in a way. Into, fin, into finite, into infinity. Finite, infinity. If, if, if finite isn't being watered by infinity... It gets deserty. It gets pale. Yeah? You're looking for something that's not there. You know what I mean? But this, the infinity, waters the finite. Yeah? It brings presence to the finite. It gives life to the finite. Yeah? Without that, it just dries up. It's an interpretation. It's basically dead, and so you feel like that. Yeah? I found when it moved through, when I was questioned, hey, am I this, you know, that I'm something, the pointing may be cool, but it ain't pointing at this, it's pointing as this, yeah? So when the attention goes, yeah, like that. That to me is like a, it's like a, you know, like when something's irrigated well, you know what I mean? It's all... You know what I mean? It's really feeding, everything's being fed and doing this. Just like you see in nature, how it's so economical, everything is being used. This is, this is like, an, like an abortion of nature, where it's all about you. It's sort of a dead idea that's taking all the, like the, all the life of attention and interest and deadening it into this little black hole all day. 
And so you start feeling such a lack, you'll do anything to get high, you'll jump off of bridges or bungee cords, you'll do, just to get a shock of being alive, you know? This is like, just starts giving a sense of completion or a sense of well-being, because everything is sort of uh, moving, you know? It's like flowing. It's like if you see running water, and then you put a rock in the running water, yeah? Some of, the cur- some of the water currents will now start going around the rock. And what the currents were carrying down river will now get stuck on the rock, like the leaves and the twigs. And then suddenly a big thing will get built, and some of the water itself will get stagnant. It will get caught. Yeah? That's sort of what it's like. Now, we bitch about all those effects, but we still want to be the rock. What would happen if the rock was removed? The current had no intention of going this way. It will just start going back just like it always has that tendency, yeah? Then you'll see life is happening instead of to me. And I'll tell you, I think it's a much more fluid way of looking at every day. Yeah? Because when it's happening, you're in the flow. But when it's happening to you, you Exactly. You're sort of against the flow. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a simple idea. Entertain it. We have tons of information, if you like. It's always on the same thing. <laughs> Every talk. <laughs> we don't have different topics. <laughs> Let's see what Paul's going to talk about today. 4, 18, 12. <laughs> well, Paul, I just wanted to say that, you know, and I shared with you the last time I saw you, that I, I, you know, I get something every time talk and sometimes I'll go back and just listen to, to, to talks over and over and I like something that you were saying tonight to the, the woman that was talking about the arthritis and a friend of mine I had turned her on to listening to you know going on your on your website and she was absolutely obsessed with the with uh, ringing in her ears mm. and kept thinking that she was the creator of it and then it went as far as uh, you know hmm. that it was something connected to what she wasn't doing or was doing and she started listening to you and one of the things she had said to me very very recently was she says Carrie you know what if I'm just a channel for the vibration in the field and in me it manifests ringing it was like her obsession got lifted Good, yeah. You know, I just want to share that with you. She's always, she's down in Maryland, you know, couldn't get up here, but I told her I was going to see you tonight, and, and it was just like, for her, it felt like a miracle, you know, yeah, because yeah. What, it was, it was something that was holding her hostage. Yeah, 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 I know. Well, you know, I hear that ringing all the time, but I enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually the most constant thing in things that I've ever run into, more constant than breath. Mm. It's always on, even when there's talking going on, I can hear it behind this con- what's happening now I hear it but I like it other people call it a disease I don't know if I have what they have but I enjoy the hell out of it <laughs> I do it's like music when she had a story about it yeah, she yeah, had a story yeah. about it that it was, it was something that was yeah, yeah. It's annihilate her <laughs> I know it's crazy it's man. <laughs> yeah Hey, any more questions? Yes. But in the same late day, somebody came here tonight. Her mother had um, really, uh, uh, I guess, I'm going to call her right since the scene, but I don't know, she couldn't move very well. She really, really had a hard time. She's elder. And um, that's the point where before she left her, she would come up and like, go with her somewhere. 
And then um, her mom's mind started going more. She had dementia. And she goes to see her again like six months later, and her mom's moving around like she has no, no, like nothing's wrong. Because her dementia had gotten to a certain point where she didn't identify enough with her body anymore. I mean, she, oh my God! Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're, gonna, we're, we're producing, we're mimicking the effects of dementia. That's what we're doing. Yeah, we're going for dementia today. Yeah. No, really. That kind of dementia, I'm all for. Exactly. I'm telling you, I'm seeing. I'm telling you, if you look at it, you'll see the problem from the solution. Entertain these possibilities. I, you'll, you'll, you'll get relief from something you may not know, but then you'll start knowing what the problem was by its absence. You can't know it by its presence. You will not get a clear view of it because it's so integrated. It's like. Like in AA, we say fear is like a thread, a corroding thread that runs through the fabric of our existence, yeah? So let's say if it's a gray shirt, how am I going to tell the gray thread from all the gray threads, yeah? That's sort of what it's like. But by when you get relief from it, you'll know it by its absence, yeah? That's how you see it. And I'm telling you, AA, the people in AA, that was a divine transmission, the big book. And they got pretty damn close to the root of the problem, which is obsession with self. But my view is that it's a little farther back. That the obsession with self is used by the mental condition to reinforce the identification of self. Because it has to constantly be reinforced because it isn't so. Yeah? So it has to glue because it isn't bonding. It has to be applied all the time to look like it's bonded. Yeah? It never truly is, but it appears seemingly to us. Yes? So I found after years of being in AA that it, they didn't take it far enough. And they said that we know but a little when they released that book and that others would add on to it that came later. Well, I'm thinking this is an adding on to it. That I would say the real root of the problem is identification as a self, a verb, a mental activity that's producing the effect or the, the appearance of being a someone. Yes, either in a body or affiliate as the body. Yes, and that affiliation, that remembrance, has become a habit, and now everything is being ref- all about life is being referred to that, that false center. Yes, so instead of realizing you're on square zero, you're basically starting life on square three, which makes the game look totally different than it looks from square zero. Yeah, square three, the game is life is happening to me. Square zero, the game is life is happening. Yeah? And I'm saying you never were at square three. If you had an, a quote unquote an awakening event, what would you wake up to? Square zero. If it happened at square twenty-four and you woke up to it, it would be square zero. If it was when you if you woke up at square fifty-three, it would be square zero. Then you realize all oh, the only thing there is is square zero, and it appears to be twenty-three, it appears to be fifty-four, it appears to be thirty-three. That's all it can reach. It cannot become a square. It can only and they're all happening on square zero. So you're right where the solution is at all time. But it's not of time. It's like a vertical insertion into a horizontal story. The mental story is horizontal, it's linear. The truth is vertical, inserting. Timelessness is inserting into every moment that we call time. The insertion of timelessness is there. Yeah? 
most of us are receiving downloads, horizontal downloads, selfing, 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 selfing. There's vertical downloads that come from other modalities of mind, yeah? Which are not centered on self. And they download, and they will, they will be digested, and they will be expressed, and they will be seen, and they will produce their own possibilities here that the horizontal story cannot produce. It's split. It's yes or no, high or low, close and far, the horizontal story. This is all-inclusive, vertical. Yeah? And you can't imagine what it's like. You find out about it. By entertaining, maybe I'm not that. Maybe I'm not this centrally located situation in time and space. Maybe I'm not that. Yeah? Then you may find out what you are. And then you won't, you won't need verification from outside sources. You will be the authority. You will know in your own gut what's so. Yeah? You can like a lot of people and respect them and honor them, but you don't give over your authority to them. Buddha didn't say to do that. He said, be a light unto yourselves. Yeah? He didn't say, oh, follow uh, Sri Buddha, my brother. Buddha too. He didn't say anything like that. He said, here. He was a messenger. He delivered the message. And you're the message. <laughs> so if you see the Buddha on the road, you shoot him. You don't throw your Buddhahood onto him. So that you can forget yours. Yeah? Every message, if it's truly a great message, it liberates you from any need of other messages. Becomes the last message. And then the last message is not needed. Because you are that. Yeah? Totally economical. Pair, everything gets pared down. You travel so damn light. You know? You don't have a wealth of information. You just know what to do next. You're basically open and, and I don't know. You're just a, a spacious thing and then things come through you. But the, the inherent condition is spaciousness. A lot of things come through, but they don't occupy the space. They move through the space. The occupation of space is emptiness. Or we want to call it awareness or nothingness. It's not a thing. It's not filled with things. Things move through it. Yeah. Like a a hose and water. The, The hose, the water moving through the hose is what gives the definition of that plastic tube hose. Yeah? What gives us the definition of being alive isn't the body, it's what's moving through the body. And then we're claiming this life to be ours when we didn't produce it. We're not maintaining it. Yeah. We can't even entertain it. Yeah, shit. <laughs> huh? Yes, we can, a lot of things. We can intimate to ourselves so there'll be an aha and something will, will be triggered like those two drops of gas. The car will start again. And you won't have to say... And then if you start going, is the car starting? Is it really starting? That's all bullshit. Just get in and ride. You know? Is this the real car starting? Is it, or is this a fake starting? Don't fuck that spiritual shit up. Just, like, people talk about inquiry. I, this is how I heard it from Ramana Mahashi. He said you inquire until the sense, until you arrive at that sense of presence of self, then you don't inquire anymore. Then it's about entertaining. If you keep inquiring, it's defeated the purpose. It'll take you out of the sense of presence. Yeah. 
You mentioned the word entertaining a lot. Could you just talk a little bit more about that? Entertaining for me is like when I look at the space. Let's say I'm looking at a space. I'm just entertaining it. And then things appear in the space. Yeah? And then they disappear. And what keeps my attention is the space that the things are appearing in and, and leaving. Yeah? Be it a person, be it a whole life, being it 20 years or 5 years, there's just different degrees, but what's always so is the space. And I see space. I'm seeing it when I'm looking out this. I sense the space here. Almost palpable. And then I see the things appearing in it. But the appearance, the things that appear in it don't narrow my view so I get solely into the, what's appearing and I forget the space. To entertaining is I entertaining the space when I'm seeing things appear in it. That's to me is the entertaining. It's like looking at an open big door. I'm just entertaining the space and then things show up, move through it, come in. Maybe I have an agreement, relationship with them. Then it disappears, but the space is still there. It's yeah. noticing. It's like noticing, but noticing what can't be noticed. The space that things arise in. Yeah. It's what atoms do. They appear to disappear sometimes like particles. Hmm? They appear to disappear at the same time. No, I don't, I, I, particles. particles, they do that. They appear to disappear. Yeah, but let's say I'm this. Let's just keep it space. Yeah? yeah, keep it space. And let's say a solid thing appears in it. There's the couch. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of times, if I'm in, if I'm taking myself to be the thing, the emphasis will be on the other thing. Yeah. And then I'll, in a way, not pick up the space. And my whole life will be about particulars. Like I'll see all the trees, but not the forest. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's sort of what it's like. Like your lens, your aperture opens up, so you start picking up more. In this field, there's a lot more possibility in this field, yeah? This field is sort of locked into things, and you're missing the space. This is picking up the space, and it's including the things that are appearing in it, yeah? Is curiosity an aspect of that? Curiosity, inquisitiveness, yes. Intellectual lubrication. All that stuff. <laughs> hey, that's it, I think, eh? What do you guys think, all right? Hey, we have shirts here. Buy some shirts. And we have food. And I'm going to play a beautiful song. My, my good friend, yeah, Dave. Can he play Summertime? Oh, no? No, no. Pick, choose what you want. I don't know. Yes, yes. Hey, thank you, everybody. Thank you. So, David, can I end us with a song? And, um, David's going to end us with a song. Just a nice bow. (laughs) After that. And, um, there's a donation box at the front door and an email list if you want, um, to be on the email list. Also, I wanted to mention that uh, Paul's going to be at Ama Yani Yoga Center tomorrow night at oh, yeah. 7 oh, yeah. in Glenside. And then at uh, Yoga on Main Sunday in Manion from 12 to 2. Yes, come and join us. Like. Repetition is good. Yeah, for those of you who enjoy chanting and 
things of that nature. Or, yeah. The Philly uh, Shock and Chan Fest on Saturday from 11 to 10. Yeah. We're going to... Uh, we're Dave's going to be headlining with his band. Plus, yeah. <laughs> Donna Delore will be there as well. And... Uh, Cheryl Crow will be there. Yeah. Well, maybe not Cheryl. Sharon. Sharon Crow will be there. Uh, for those of you uh, who like to sing along, at any point you seem to be, there's a, a, a sense of words repeating themselves. Please feel free. Search for water Memory A place in time Does light see Illumination Wish upon a star To shine We are